Sick or something? Oh, 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 oh. Sounds Sant- like a bad cough. Santitis. Ooh, is that because it's almost Christmas, or, it's or almost maybe Christmas. after Christmas, or on Christmas? <laughs> if we it's don't all know. according to plan, is it's it New Year's? Directly before <laughs> Christmas, perhaps <laughs> Christmas Eve, if you will. Oh. People know just from that what we're talking about for our non bluth well, today. They would have heard it already. Oh yeah, I would have let in with that. <laughs> Look, I don't, I don't think like an editor. <laughs> I do. That's 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 one benefit when you are the editor for the show is you know kind of what to set up and what not to sometimes. Oh, my cat's using a litter box. It's a Christmas miracle. See, that's not what an editor wants. <laughs> Should we wait till he's done? The audio edited. No, we'll do it the entire time that your well, cat is using this litter box. And then 20 minutes from now, the litter box rake is going to go across because I have an automatic litter box now. Swag. This is not, we're not sponsored by that. Although the percast was, which is how I got but it. We're but not. we're not. So I'm not going to talk about how much I love which it. Means, <laughs> which means you benefit from talking about them, but I don't in any way. <laughs> well, I don't so. benefit anymore. I did from the initial ad, but well, I, I benefit from having this litter box. But anyway, that's not important. This is not an ad. My statement is still true. You know what? Christmas is all about capitalism, and I'm trying to not make it that. Um, although, what well, is what is the true meaning? Well, I mean, mm-hmm. like as Scrooge McDuck has hanging on his wall, time is money. <laughs> yeah. Um, and talk is cheap. And talk is cheap. <laughs> uh, so this is maybe stretching. A little bit. Our welcome to non blues. Non blues. Non blues. So this is us, usually talking about things that seem like non blue films but aren't. But whatever. Not always though. Not always. Sometimes they're clearly not, and they're just like things we want to talk about that maybe are related to the Don Bluth film, which I think in this case, that's what it is. Sort of. So yes, yeah, so Christmas. This is clearly not a Don Bluth thing. Yeah. Because it is quite disney quite well, disney although but, we i but, think there was a time when we wondered if don bluth may have worked on this because we didn't know what year it had come out so we're like huh i wonder if he was involved but it this came out after he had left disney yeah which do you remember what year it came out do we say it's mickey's christmas carol this is mickey's christmas carol <laughs> i don't know if we said the title um, which was is it 1983 that's very <laughs> and good. i'm not saying that because i did read it in the wikipedia but i actually deciphered the roman numerals as they quickly went across during the opening uh thingy but, but when did charles dickens 
original novella, A Christmas Carol, come out? Do you know? 1492. I don't, I don't know. How, like, <laughs> Not that 18, long ago. 1845? Good wow. job. Okay, I actually had no idea. <laughs> you were so close. Um, I wouldn't have known that off the top of my head. I was throwing you under the bus. I figured it was 1800s. A then... little known story. Barely adapted. Ever. Never, ever adapted into different versions. Never. Do you remember when Jim Carrey went on? We talked about Jim Carrey on the small one. It's but true. like we're talking about him again. Do you remember? Because the Robert Zemeckis uh, mocap era, like they did a version of Christmas Carol. Was that Disney? I think it was. Wait, what movie is this? A Christmas Carol. It was the Robert Zemeckis A Christmas Carol where... It was a Jim, mocap version? Yeah. Jim Carrey did oh, the mocap. Wait, why does that sound familiar? Because it happened. <laughs> <laughs> but do you remember... So Jim Carrey went on a late night show. I, I can't remember. Maybe it was Conan O'Brien. Or whatever whatever late night show at the time. He went on and... and and they were asking him, like, so why'd you, you know, why'd you do it? He's like, oh, you know, I just, I read it. And it was like, I can't believe no one's ever made this story before. <laughs> They're like, well, actually, actually, it it has been done a few times. Um, would you, you know, we actually compiled some clips. And then they showed every single, wow. like, instance they could of, of, of just the telling of A Christmas Carol it was so funny. Maybe it was Jimmy Kimmel. I can't, mm. or one of the Jimmys. I can't remember which one it was, yeah, but it no was just can. a funny clip. But mm-hmm. the point being, Christmas Carol, you know what this story is. I don't yes. think anybody really needs to tell well, you. It's the most remade yeah. Christmas story of all time. I think. But I'm gonna I'm gonna make a controversial statement. Well, it's not controversial, I guess. Yeah. But I think this is the version that I most know. Okay. Yeah, That's of fair. A Christmas Carol. This is second most. For Yours me. is Muppets, right? My yeah. first is is always true to my heart. Going to be the mm-hmm. Muppet Christmas Carol, which is just is so near perfect in almost every way. But and the only reason I'm bringing it up is because I want to insert something from it here. If you please, Mr. Scrooge, it's gotten colder. Yeah. And the bookkeeping staff would like to have an extra shovel full of coal yeah. for the fire. We can't do the bookkeeping. Yeah, all of our pens have turned to inksicles. Yeah. Our assets are frozen. How would the bookkeepers like to be suddenly... Unemployed! He he this is my island in the sun. I believe you've convinced them once again, Mr. Scrooge. This is my island in the sun. <laughs> so, so, um, the what is this? A Weezer podcast? Was, <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey. Uh, so anyway, the, uh, that's my number one go to all the all the way. But number two, my big old number two. <laughs> don't take that out of context. Uh, is as would always be Mickey's Christmas Carol. This is definitely the one that I think of right after Muppet. Well, both and, uh, Disney owned. Yeah. I guess, <laughs> well, and and so let's talk about like just because we both watched this as kids, as opposed to like you know the small one I didn't see till I was an adult. That was our previous episode. Uh, check that one out. Um, but I watched this every year as a kid mm. until it wasn't. I mean, I'm sure there was a time when it stopped being shown on TV. Um, but but I didn't even own 
the VHS of this, we taped it off the TV. Wow. So I had it. I We might still have. I mean, I kind of doubt we still have it. But um, yeah, we taped this off the TV so we could still watch it and had the commercials and everything. We may have <laughs> also had the Garfield Christmas special on that same VHS taped off the TV. So <laughs> you've talked highly of the Garfield Christmas. It's special. really good. And at one point, I think we were considering, but we, you know, we cut down these episodes and it didn't, it didn't really fit. I would recommend watching that because it's amazing. Dad would chop down the tree. Chores. Mom would fix up the meal. Work. Doc Boy would get in the way. Fighting. Big fat hairy deal. Decorating the tree Gardening Wiring all of the lights Electrical contracting Wrapping boxes and writing out cards Office work out of sight Then we'd take those presents and pile them under the tree We'd barely get a wink of sleep Wondering what they could be The special gifts of Christmas Christmas. that really make it great great. are the insomnia and the anxiety kids get from having to wait. Can't wait till Christmas, there's so much to do. Can't wait till Christmas, wake me when it's through. It's, It's actually legitimately good. Oh yeah, we had... On that note, we we were considering doing like a whole bunch of shorts yeah. and just talking about a bunch. Of, I wanted to talk about the snowman, yes, which, which you have a snowman here with you. I have the a plush. Snowman. The, mm-hmm. Yes, I have a plush of the snowman mm-hmm. from the Raymond Briggs from like one of my all time favorite Christmas shorts. If you've never seen it, please what, go. What watch is it, it called? I'm just kidding. It's called the snowman. <laughs> We've said snowman so many times. I was like, what? Diana. <laughs> what was the name of the? Uh, uh, I can't remember. (laughs) Uh, Morty, you're frustrating me. Morty. Um, Well, while you're looking that up, I just want to say the snowman is one that I saw only like a couple years ago because you showed it to me. But as soon as I saw it, I knew that we had ornaments on our Christmas tree when I was growing up of the snowman. And I was like, that's what that's from? Because I recognize those characters from our Christmas ornaments every year. So it's really weird that I don't think I'd ever seen it. But I had seen those characters every year. And I should point out, I don't mean the 2017 drama mystery <laughs> film, The Snowman. <laughs> but, oh, that's but, a good point. But rather the original 1982 Snowman uh, that was that was directed by Diane Jackson. Mm. Um, and it says also, and, and it says. Also, Jimmy T. Murakami. I don't know about that. Um, But yeah, like, it's just a... I won't go too far into it, but it's a wordless um, just interpretation of the Raymond Briggs story. And Diane Jackson, who was the main director, she also worked on some of the Beatrix Potter animated shorts. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, But it just has a whole color pencil aesthetic. Oh, yeah. The animation's amazing. It's incredible. Um, And no other other film. I mean, they've tried to make something similar a couple other times, but nothing quite ever looked like The Snowman did. Uh, So anyway. So go check those out if you want some other Christmas films. We're going to talk about some today, but not those extensively. So, um, but yeah, Mickey's Christmas Carol was every year for me whether it was on tv or we played it off the vhs tape um and it's just one that i even re-watching it for this i remembered everything from it yeah yeah oh i remember every moment of this mm-hmm. like yeah i'm watching um 
And I, I told this on the small one about how it used to, but I'll recap it briefly, is that we, I used to be able to go to the, the little kind of arts and crafts, crafts festival <laughs> on the Disney lot where they would have the theater open to show Disney shorts and, and they would show the small one and Mickey's Christmas Carol. And so I always thought of that time and we, you know, we've had the VHS and I have watched it almost every Christmas since I was a youngin. I can't think of a Christmas when I haven't watched it. Mm. It's one of the ones that I always see. So yeah, I hadn't watched it in a long time because I just don't own it, you know? Yeah. Well, now so it's this fixed. Is great we, too, got, yeah. <laughs> we fixed it. We got it. By, <laughs> which I'll say it again. The, the version we got is the, the DVD Walt Disney animation collection, volume seven, Mickey's Christmas Carol, which has, which has uh Mickey as, Bob Cratchit, yeah, um, on the cover, writing with a disgruntled-looking Scrooge, yeah, and uh, the reason, well, we got this because it had the small one, and it was one of the only things we could find <laughs> that had the small one on mm-hmm. it. But also, I considered getting the Blu-ray, and I didn't because yes. time for aspect ratio woes. <laughs> yay! <laughs> I mean, no, but yay! Another Disney. Yeah, the release of this on. <sighs> It's what they do with all of every so many things that yeah. they release. And it's different. Blu-ray. And by the way, recalling on Troll, I actually inspected that more carefully. And on the on the four three, there is a there like on the widescreen, there's a little more wide image. But on the vertical, mm. on the four three, there's like a little more vertical image. But on this one, I guess maybe because it, I guess it was shown in theaters. So there is debate about what the intended ratio is, but mm. to me, it just looks better in four, three, this one too. feels like it was intended for it. And there's even jokes that get cut off if it's, if it's cropped because there's like a moment where Bob Cratchit has to stand on a stool. Oh, sorry. I mean, he has to stand on a small pile of books to get to his stool because he's so short. Uh-huh. He can't get to it. So that gets cropped off or there's like things that are missing so you could get the blu-ray but you know if you want to see like the open mat 4.3 which is how i remember it uh, Mm um this dvd is probably a better version also they might have done like noise reduction on the hd one which i always kind of dislike it always makes it look a little worse in my opinion but i honestly wish we could have watched it on on vhs the way i remember <laughs> it you know i should i don't have it here i need it it's somewhere in my mom's decoration but i'll, I'll take a picture of it if i if i find it yeah. um but it was kind of cool to see it on dvd for me because i haven't seen it clean like a clean version of this so um but yeah, like, I, uh, what what were we talking about? Um, I don't know. Oh, I think we just got, like, we started talking about this, even though I don't think we were going to go in this order originally, talking about this one first, because we watched all the shorts that come on well, this. Yeah, so there are other, We obviously we talked entirely about the small one on our last booth episode, but the other two shorts on here are Pluto's Christmas Tree and Santa's Workshop. Mm-hmm. Which I had seen Pluto's Christmas Tree before, but I had forgotten about it until I was like looking at what was on that or something. And I was like, oh my God, I remember that. But it's short, like Pluto's Christmas Tree and Pluto. <laughs> Pluto's Christmas Tree. Pluto's Christmas Tree and what's oh, the other one? The, Chris, the Christmas uh, Santa's Workshop. Why was I going to say the Christmas song? The Christmas, um, what is the Christmas song? Uh, Siri. Play it. No, I'm sorry. Wait, no, that that's going to screw with people's phones. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Yeah, but Santa's workshop I had never seen before. Should we just talk about those other two before we really dive into Mickey's Christmas Carol? Sure. Well, you want to talk about Santa's... Santa... <laughs> he wants to talk about Tango's it. Tango's workshop. Um, I only have one note for Santa's workshop that I wrote down. <laughs> Casual racism and cycles. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> Uh, I'm trying to find out because I forget when that one was made. 32. It's, yeah, it looks it. I mean, not in like a bad way. It's just like it clearly is uh, oh, from a different a, time. It's an old silly symphony. Mm-hmm. It's clearly the like earliest looking one on here. Yeah. We better hurry up tomorrow's Christmas Day. Um, the it's it's jolly. It's it's Santa's scary. He Santa. scared me. <laughs> Just the way he looks, his eyes are white. He doesn't look human. He looks like you know some other species. He's Santa. Read about a bit of Molly. Get her a little dolly. I can't remember what the quote goes. <laughs> Your Santa Claus, pint like a dolly. Merry Christmas from little Molly. Well, Molly seems to be okay. She eats her spinach every day. <laughs> Get Molly a dolly. I always remember this one. It's funny we were watching it because we had this on VHS. Both this and the Pluto's Christmas tree we had on VHS. So mm-hmm. I remember just seeing, th- like, both of these were ironed into my mind when we looked at them again and uh it, it it's a weird short but there's something fun about it because yeah yeah like a lot of the silly symphonies were precisely timed with music so mm-hmm. all the actions and everything all the sound effects are all in time with some symphony you know they they there's a quality to them that's really pleasing yeah so i enjoy it it was fun yeah it's 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 bizarre yeah. to look at now um but yeah, I don't know if there's anything else really to no, say about no. it. No, no, it's just one of those, like, it's very short, too. It's like, hmm, 10 minutes, maybe, or? Right here. Did I write something here? Santa's <laughs> Workshop. Oh, I think we noticed that, like, all of these have possessive titles. Oh, yeah. Mickey's Christmas Carol, Pluto's Christmas Tree, Santa's Workshop, The Smalls One, the small. as you said. Yeah, I did. <laughs> that was your joke. Um, so... <laughs> The the whole thing is is um oh there was a <laughs> I forgot about this moment though because because there's a point where all the elves are making the toys uh-huh. and there's like wooden horses going by yeah and oh, one of yeah. them one of them is like drilling into the back He's drilling of one of, buttholes yeah you just said like you drilled him a butthole <laughs> but it's a place Hole. where they're throwing the tails <laughs> where they're putting in the yeah tails. you find out later but it's like you know. Um, I think that the term for this back in the earlier Disney time was like implausible possibility or impossible plausibility was a thing that Disney had come up with where it's it's not something that is possible, but there's some logistical plausibility behind it, Uh behind how it happens. And there was a lot of that kind of logic happening in that short where it it teeters on not making sense. Mm -hmm. I think the example he would use in in world of color or like when he talked about the turtle was was like a cow where you if you pull its tail to ring the bell around its oh, neck yeah, uh-huh. 
the idea being that like you're somehow straightening its spine to like <laughs> ring the bell. That doesn't make sense. It doesn't work, but there uh-huh. is a logic to it. Yeah. And a lot of the early silly symphony stuff had that kind of thinking behind it. Mm-hmm. It's just a little more freeform, a little more like Betty Boop. Yeah. And Popeye. It's, it's fun. It's re- it's interesting stuff. Fleischer so. Brothers. I'd put this next to like a Fleischer cartoon. Yeah, or it looks like, like it. That. Uh-huh. Um, but the other one, Pluto's Christmas Tree. This is one I was definitely, well, I had seen it before. Um, I don't know if this was an every year thing, but I definitely had seen it on TV multiple times because I remembered, you know what I remembered most about this was the music. All I typed in was Pluto and it knew to autofill Pluto's Christmas tree. Oh my God, it's listening. It's fucking (laughs) listening to us. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, but I really remembered the music, like the, (laughs) the music cues in it. Like that, the music was very memorable for me. Okay, Pluto, let's get our tree. Yeah, and and the way that Mickey yells at Pluto at the end, which made me very sad. This is calls from, him a dumb mutt. I remember that. Mutt. <laughs> this is a 1952. Tango got scared. Yeah, he flew away when I impersonated Mickey. I also <laughs> He's wasn't like you'll tr- get sued. <laughs> I wasn't trying to do the Mickey like the standard Mickey. I'm trying to do the Mickey from this because Mickey yeah. Mouse sounds weird in this cartoon. Uh-huh, yeah. Oh Pluto, you like he's a little too deep. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Mickey Mouse cartoon in which Pluto and Mickey cut down a Christmas tree that Chip and Dale. Rescue Ranger. No, they're not Rescue Rangers. In this. Uh, Chip and Dale live in. Anyway, uh, it's one of the few <laughs> Disney shorts directed by Jack Hanna. Oh, not what? to star. Not to star Donald Duck. Yeah. Although Donald does make a cameo mm-hmm. at the end. Wait, what, what year was this? 1952. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, that was a different Mickey than so the one that J- ended up being in Jimmy MacDonald. Played Mickey oh, yeah. and Chip in this. And then Pinto Colvig is Pluto and Goofy. So oh. Pinto Colvig was still alive. Um, oh, re- I should mention, I did watch... Um, there was a behind the scenes for Mickey's Christmas Carol that I found on YouTube what? that I watched. Yeah. And it has some cool stuff in it, but they did mention like the Mickey that's in that one is Mickey number three. Cause Mickey number two is that guy and Mickey number one is Walt Disney. Walt Disney. Um, and I don't know who's been Mickey since. Like, I don't know if it's still, I mean, we'll, we'll, you know that, that Walt actually had a recent Mickey credit. Really? Because of get a horse. They reused oh, old. They reused like old voice samples uh-huh. of Walt as Mickey. So it actually oh. gave him a new. Oh wow! <laughs> a like, new IMDb credit. Yeah, it gave him a new IMDb DB credit so all these years weird. later. The conspiracy's real. No. <laughs> um, but as Ruth Clifford as Minnie, Clarence Nash, the original Donald, as Donald, and then Desi Miller as Dale. So, uh, yeah, I didn't know which number Jiminy, Jiminy MacDonald. It's funny because his name is like two Disney characters. <laughs> being put together oh yeah <laughs> jiminy cricket and, and donald duck um but the this though this like blew my mind hold on i'm gonna look this up because this drove me nuts because talk about this film but there 
there is a version of this basic same oh, story it's, with Donald instead. Well, I don't know if you're thinking about there's another animated version that's Donald and his nephews in, in a snowball war, but there's also a comic book. Oh, apparently. no, I know that cartoon and that's a great one, but that's not the one I'm thinking, yeah, you're of. thinking of there. I think there's a comic book that's this, but with Donald. No, there's a whole animated short. Oh, are you sure? Yes, I am certain of this. <laughs> is this a Berenstein Bears thing? No. It, <laughs> is it Toy Tinkers? Is that what it... I think... Are you sure you're not thinking about the comic? I am not crazy. No, this is... This is 1957. No, wait. Or 49? Toy Tinkers is an animated short film produced in Technicolor by Walt Disney Productions and released to theaters on December 16, 1949 by RKO Radio Pictures. Set during Christmas time, the film shows Chippendale trying to steal nuts from Donald Duck's home using toy weapons. What? The film was nominated for an Academy Award for Best, anim Best Animated Short Film <laughs> in 1950, but ultimately lost to Warner Bros. for sentimental reasons. A Pepe Le Pew Looney Tunes reissued as blue ribbon mary melodies Wait. in 1957 film directed by chuck jones anyway what is it called it's called toy tinkers so in now my it's mind it's kind of sounding familiar like it's like they stole his nuts because when... it's a war it becomes an all-out war between chippendale and donald duck and it's all christmas themed wait i think i have seen that i'm like looking a... at images from it <laughs> There's a whole, and so Pluto's Christmas tree came two, three years later and is like kind of the same thing. Wait, I remember this. Yeah. There's like a whole yeah, moment where like. He's in like a top hat. And he like dances with a doll. And, yeah. And there, it's like Donald offers them a big walnut at one point and they open it up and he's holding a gun inside the walnut. Yeah. There's some screenshots of him holding a gun. Yeah. Oh my God. This I think is actually a better short. It's mm -hmm. a way funnier and like darker kind of take on it. But I, for a, I, I conflated these two in my mind all the That's time. That's funny. I had completely forgotten about <laughs> this one. Cause I was just like, yeah, Chippendale Christmas Disney short, but there's two of them. So, but this one that we watched on here is Pluto. We'll talk about Christmas Carol one day. Don't Pluto worry. Pluto and Mickey. Yeah. But, Pl but Pl this one's Pluto and Mickey, which I did remember though. I always liked how in the Christmas tree, it looks so festive. Oh, the litter box is going. I told oh, you. Oh, that's what that noise is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you might not hear it, but, you, but yeah. your brain did. The rate goes across. And anyway, this isn't an ad. Um, but it's neat. It's so <laughs> Tell neat. us more about I this device, I don't have to Sarah. scoop ever. Um, anyways, <laughs> so, uh, so, I never said the name of the product, so people don't even know. But I like how in when they're walking in the Christmas tree, because, you know, the plot is just Mickey cuts down a Christmas tree, brings it in. Chippendale are still in the tree. Yeah. And Pluto knows they're there yeah. and he's trying to tell Mickey and Mickey's just like, ha, ha. <laughs> <laughs> but one of them, uh, he tries, one tries to run away when they're, the tree's being carried, but they sees Pluto and runs back in. Mm -hmm. And then, but I always liked this shot of them walking through the tree from the inside and it just made it seem so cool. Yeah. It made me want to like be able Live to go in a tree. In, yeah. To go yeah. live in a Christmas tree and walk around while it's decorated. Yeah. It um, looked really neat and as, festive. And the music when he's walking around, it's like, la, la, as la, a la, professional la. decorator. <laughs> um, it's I true. You are. I only issues. laughed because like, it's true. This is actually true. This is one of my side gigs. This is one of my freelance jobs. I've been doing it for over a decade. Um, I work for a few companies that decorate parties and houses during Christmas time because work is always slow around December and I am always able to say yes to it. So 
Uh, and I you're s- very tall, so you put the star on the tree. No, I'm just <laughs> I kidding. I actually did. I well, did you that still use a ladder, probably, year. right? Like, I'm sure it's a tall tree. If needed, yeah. um, height helps. But I have issue with Mickey just throwing bulbs <laughs> on the tree and then being on within an instant. That's not quite how it works. <laughs> and it all looks perfect. And it all yeah. looks great. Uh-huh. Um, that's something. And all his presents are wrapped too, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so. But anyway, uh, when Pluto jumps in the tree and just yeah. wrecks it and and just destroys the entire tree, that's something I've always kind of wanted to do at some <laughs> point in time is just take the tree and just throw it down and let everything break. Yeah. <laughs> no employer ever hears this, but um, <laughs> it's like a it's like a Annie Hall moment where <laughs> there's a character. I think it's Annie Hall where like. A, a character leans into Woody Allen's character and is just, just like, oh yeah, he's played by Christopher Walken. And, oh. he, and he's just like, you're an artist, so you'll understand. <laughs> just sometimes when I'm driving down the freeway, <laughs> I just want to swerve the car into the oncoming traffic. And then it like cuts <laughs> to them, to him sitting in the back of the car with, with <laughs> Christopher Walken driving. And it's like, ah. <laughs> Classic Christopher Walken moment. Um, so anyway, <laughs> so that's, that, so I, I, I don't know what else to say about yeah. this one. It's just, there's, just there's cute. some cute, there's some cute moment. Like I remembered, you know, the part where he's the little candle and like Mickey comes right. and he blows out the candle. Like all he's, these things I remembered beat for beat, you know, he's turning on and off the light. Yeah. Chip, Chip or Dale, whichever one. And then, and then he's, he's Pluto's new Pluto's news. <laughs> Pluto's news. Pluto's nose pops up into the tree uh-huh. and then he tries to twist it and then is pulled down and it's like mm-hmm. oh no it's a doggo um <laughs> we again another short one but i i remembered it pretty vividly and i can't believe i had forgotten i never forgotten about it because it's cute it's cute you know you dumb mutt what are you trying to oh there's chipmunks on this tree there's That's exactly chipmunks in this tree pluto did pluto did you see these chipmunks <laughs> it's me Mickey Mouse. <laughs> Just as good as back in the old days. Um, that reminds me, there, there's a funny part. <laughs> Dr. Girlfriend version of Mickey Mouse. I should have sent you this making of thing, but I was like, I don't, I just but watched it this. Me. Well, I just watched I it this morning. So, but um, there's a part where the voice of Mickey in Mickey's Christmas Carol is talking about how he does the voice of Mickey and how it's like, it's at this very specific pitch and it's like, if it's too low, it doesn't sound like Mickey. If it's too high, it doesn't sound like Mickey. It has right. to be like exactly there. And, and he did the examples. Third Mickey? And was like, yeah, that's the third Mickey. And this was the second Mickey. Yeah. This was the second Mickey. This was so. the, this was the, <laughs> the discount Mickey who's yeah. trying to do something different. Third Mickey is Wayne Allwine. And that's who we're going to talk about yes. for Mickey's, Mickey's Christmas, Christmas Carol. Carol. Moving on. All yeah, right. So, yeah. We're on to the the the, the joy to the children far yeah, and so that song. I actually like. I genuinely love that opening song. Yeah. I think it's a really wonderful way to begin the story. And with the cards too, the little like title cards, similar credits. to similar to yeah. how the small one opened mm-hmm. with a bunch of images of things going on and and cards. Um, this one I actually like a little more. I think just because it has a. I love the rustic aesthetic they went with and everything is drawings and um, something about it just feels very cozy, Mm -hmm. I guess. And it, it, I, I think this is what I think of when 
like my ideal way of introducing a film and giving it gives you space to get into this into it before it happens. Yeah. And there's a lot of names that come up in this one, like far more than what they listed for the yeah, small yeah, yeah. one. Definitely. Um I'm but, trying to figure out who did. Um, oh, well, the music though. No, well, not just the music, but the. I know that the cards themselves were illustrated by. Oh, Michael Peraza Jr. Well, I wanted to say before we do that mm-hmm. that the music for this was composed by Erwin Kostal. Mm-hmm. Um, Does that name sound familiar? Who had done? I, he was a, 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 a an arranger. An orchestrator for Broadway musicals, like he, I think he'd been an orchestrator for like Music Man, West Side Story, bunch of different things. But I noticed in his uh, in his list of credits, he worked on Charlotte's Web. Charlotte's Web, the the uh huh, yeah, the, the was that Chuck Jones? Yeah, was it was it? right. I think it was. Oh, I didn't know that. Charlotte's Web. Yeah, I'm I'm not crazy here, right? Right. I don't know. Maybe I am crazy. It wasn't directed by Chuck Jones, but I could have sworn he had some. Maybe not. Future Dax here. Uh, no, Chuck Jones did not have anything to do with Charlotte's Web. Sorry, Dax. Charlotte's Web. Char- Charlotte. <laughs> but Erwin Coastal. Erwin Coastal. Erwin Coastal also had done the music for uh, Pete's Dragon. Oh. Which we <laughs> brought Everything's up. connected. Yeah. Bed um, knobs and broomsticks. Yeah. Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Mm-hmm. The Sound of Music, I guess, too. Mary Poppins. Mm. So anyway. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. So there's a reason the song, you know, the music's good in this. Yeah. It's good music. Um, But yeah, I want to talk about Michael Peraza, who did those sepia-toned uh, credits, because he... Um, so he's an award-winning animator, art director, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and he worked alongside Disney's nine old men and he became known for his advanced integration of computer animation, eventually I'm assuming, and designing multi-lane shots for the Fox and the Hound. He went on to contribute to animated Disney films, including the Little Mermaid, the Great Mouse Detective, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And he has also worked on projects uh, for Don Bluth Entertainment, where he worked as an art director for Anastasia. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So that's Connected cool. it back. Oh, and Anastasia was praised for the execution of advanced computer graphics of the time. During its premiere, Disney re-released The Little Mermaid in theaters. So The Little Mermaid was re-released at the time that Anastasia was released in theaters, making Peraza one of few art directors who had two films out in theaters at the same time. Oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, uh, I also noticed something here. I I didn't mention, oh, what a Merry Christmas Day specifically. The words and music were by Erwin Kostel and Frederick Searless. Mm. But Erwin Kostel was who did the score for the whole yeah. thing. Um, wow, that's really interesting. Yeah. So I, I guess I wanted to mention too, like in these credits, what's kind of interesting is you really do see a lot of names go by and a lot of names that are. Yeah. Have, familiar names. Yeah. So well, big hitters. Um, that I want to pull up here, like there's this whole like point where the just in animators alone, it lists Glenn Keane, Mark Hen, Ed Gombert, Dale Bear, David Block, Randy Cartwright, um, like, and these are all big hitters. I mean, you know more about them than I do, but it's like these people have animated some of your favorites. The well, characters. and like, and the creative talents of Richard Hop. Uh, Barry Temple, Dave Sutting, John Lasseter, Retta Davidson, Tom Ferreter, 
Walt Stanchfield, Jane Bear, Sylvia Mattinson, Douglas Crone, Matthew O'Callaghan, yeah, Susan I. Craig, Jay Jackson, Terry uh, Hamada, Fujiko Miller, Toby Shelton. Uh, a lot of these people, I, it's weird because a, a number of these names I actually knew from when I was a PA at Duck. Like a lot of animators actually oh. who had worked on this were, were working still then. And um, under effects animators, I thought this was kind of fun. I noticed uh, it lists Ted Kiersey, Jeff Howard, Mark Dindall, and Jack Boyd. And I know I met Jeff Howard. He was an effects animator at Duck, and he was this fun, like really chill, kind of older guy. And uh, but he was one of the people I talked to more often than not, just because he was so kind of blunt about stuff. He wouldn't he wouldn't hold back sharing his opinion <laughs> about somebody. And he he was a nice guy. Like one time they they needed more help on a scene, and he was like. Here, I need your help, like in between this. And he was one of the only people Whoa. that ever like actually asked me to, to like help with animation That's on so something cool. when I was in that studio. But I always remembered that. And he uh yeah, he talked a lot about effects animation and how it is kind of a dying. It, mm. It's like harder to find 2D effects animators oh, yeah. nowadays than it's ever been. Um but uh yeah, like it was kind of fun to to scroll through those names and be like, oh yeah, I, I've seen that person's name before. Um what is Glenn Keen? So Glenn Keen uh oh. animated the giant in the or the you know Ghost funny? of Christmas present. present. I, you know it's funny, like last time I had watched this, I actually had a moment where I was paying more attention. This is like a year or two ago. I was paying more attention to it and I I looked at Glenn Keen's name again, I was like which did he, what did he do? And then as I was watching it, it got to the giant and I went, oh, he did the giant. Like I didn't, I looked it up and that was the case, but like I, I could tell looking at it. And, um, you know, for those who don't know, Glenn Keane did Ariel, mm -hmm. the original Ariel and the little mermaid. Um, I'm just gonna, cause, uh, if I don't bring up a list for Glenn Keane, it's going to, it's like, it's going to haunt you. It's going to haunt me. Well, cause the, the ghost of Christmas future will come down and, and tell you. Well, and you know, like, no, 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 no. I'm bringing it up because I, I want to do it in order and I want to do it for, yeah. uh, but do, 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 do character animator. Okay. So, oh yeah, that's right. He was in the rescuers. He did, uh, the little girl for, uh, so he did Bernard and Penny, I guess he worked on, but, um, but he worked on, he was a character animator in Pete's Dragon. Um, no, show me the characters that he did. Oh, no, it's not shown. Oh, wait, here we go. Um, yeah, so he, he, oh, yeah, Professor Radigan from The Great Mouse Detective. Um, he did Ariel in Little Mermaid. He did Madahute in The Rescuers Down Under, as well as The Boy, I think. Um, Beast in Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin in Aladdin, Pocahontas in Pocahontas. Uh, Tarzan, Captain Long John Silver and Treasure Planet. Uh, he worked on Rapunzel in Tangled, even though that's a, yeah. you know, um, I guess he was a character designer for Meg and Paperman. Uh, so, but he eventually left and kind of did his own shorts. So if you ever seen like Duet or, uh, Oh wait, didn't he do that one? Uh, a couple of years ago with the basketball player? Yeah. So Dear Basketball yeah. is another one. And I guess he's doing cool. one called Over the Moon for 2020 but you know he he's one of the one of the bigger names in animation so seeing his name here is kind of neat um yeah. but 
I didn't mean to go off on this whole. No, thing, but you brought him up. So he's also he's in that behind the scenes thing. Him and um, I have it written down who they talk to in terms of animators. Oh, Glenn Keane and David Block uh, are interviewed in that in that thing. Block. David is- Block is that his name? Let me make sure I got his name right. Yeah, yeah, David Block. Oh, okay. And he, David Block is the one who animated Scrooge. Um, and it's funny because they were talking about, because we've mentioned this before, I'm sure, but every animator gets a character. So you have that one animator doing that character. Mm. It's not like an animator for each scene is different, but um, so you keep it consistent. Um, and they were saying, and I, I thought this was true at first, but they were joking about how, oh, the, the director who we'll talk about, um, Bernie threw, threw the characters into the air. He had them on note cards and he threw them into the air and we all reached out and grabbed for them. Oh, really? It's not actually true. Later, oh, I was okay. like, oh my God, is that true? So I wrote it down. And then in the next scene, they, they talked to the director and he's like, yeah, so you want to make sure you pick someone for each character who's right for it. And if they're excited about it, then they'll do a good job. And then they cut back to Glenn Keane and David Block and they're like, yeah, that's a joke. Now he actually like, you know, asked us which ones we wanted. <laughs> I was like, damn it. I thought that was a good story. It was, it was funny though. Cause you can imagine, I mean, again, it's, it's Disney. I don't know what they did there. <laughs> that's hilarious. Well, it's funny mentioning the director. I mean, it says, it says in the credits produced and directed by Bernie Mattinson. However, uh, in research, I found out, uh, Richard Rich, who oh. was the assistant director? I think I said this last episode, mm-hmm. but he was the assistant director on the small one. Mm-hmm. The small, the small one. Small one. Um, he was an uncredited director on this as well. Oh, so wait, wait, Bernie Mattinson didn't direct. Well, he's Bernie Mattinson is the main pro- producer, producer. Oh, produced okay. and directed by on oh, this, mm. but Richard Rich is uncredited, uncredited. But he was credited on the small one as an assistant director. Mm-hmm. But I just found that connection. So yeah. Um. But anyway, go ahead. <laughs> um, no, that's all I had about that. Um, yeah, just that that there are some there are some big names in animation. There are a lot of names. Oh. oh, we didn't mention, mm-hmm. but like Don Hahn also was like it's his producer. Like basically, Don Hahn was like producer for The Lion King and Ooh. for like Who Framed Roger Rabbit and just a ton of like Hunchback. Like he. He's been in animation for a long time, and so I saw his name on Mickey's Christmas Carol. But he, I think, he was uncredited on the small one. It's this is why, like, again, why we put these together yeah. because even though Don Bluth wasn't involved in this, there's a lot of talent from Small mm-hmm. One that worked on this. Oh, and this sort of jumping around a little bit, but Will Ryan is a voice actor whose name I recognize in the credits. He voiced Willie the Giant in this, the Ghost of Christmas Present, and he voiced the Ghost of Christmas Future, Pete. Um, but oh, and Why he voiced Molly. Um, but Will Ryan, I was like, where have I heard that name? He voiced Petrie in Land Before Time. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's the food of generosity, which you have long denied your fellow man. Generosity, ha! Nobody has ever shown me generosity. You've never given them reason to. And yet, there are some who still find enough warmth in their hearts even for the likes of you. So, there's a lot of there's a lot of characters. This is really a who's who of like the Mickey cartoon yeah. characters. Like mm-hmm. yes. everybody kind of shows up, mm-hmm. even beyond. You know, like the giant character was from other Mickey, Mickey shorts. Was, well, he was he from, from Jack Mickey, and the Beanstalk? And the Beanstalk. Yeah, Mickey and the Beanstalk. Yeah, so, like, I don't he, know if he'd appeared anywhere else, but um, and I don't think. 
Glenn Keenan had worked on him in that. I, I don't think I, so. Because it was so early, but like, um, yeah, I don't even know what's he alive. Um, I don't. I don't think he did. Yeah. Was, I. 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 Because I, I don't remember when that short was made. Don't. Oh, at it me. was like thirty years <laughs> prior or something. Or no, no, no. I. I don't know actually. Um, <laughs> I'm not looking it up right now. <laughs> so it's hard to keep track of a lot of these dates. Um. <laughs> <laughs> like especially with this oh, one. 1947 yeah it was like 40 year, or almost 40 years prior so well mickey's christmas carol we said was 83 right 83 yeah and mickey and the beanstalk is 47 good and i know i had seen mickey and the beanstalk i'm pretty <laughs> not sure close to it <laughs> <laughs> but but what's what's to me mickey's christmas carol feels like the last of the old shorts mm-hmm. in a way it feels like a bridge between the two and it kind of is for a number of reasons, because, um, well, for example, Clarence Nash, the original voice of Donald Duck. Yeah. This was his last, um, the last time he provided the voice of Donald Duck. Mm. Merry Christmas! And a Merry Christmas to you, Master Fred! Bah, humbug. And uh, it's the first where Wayne Alwyn provides the voice of Mickey Mouse, according to IMDb. Trivia. And is it the first for Alan Young? Or for, and it's um, the first for Alan Young. Yeah. So this is all kind of fun. Scrooge, yeah. For Scrooge McDuck. <laughs> and Alan, he was Scrooge. Scrooge McDuke. He was Scrooge. I keep saying Scrooge. He was Scrooge for the entire, you know, yeah, until. Yeah, his whole life until yeah. he died. Mm-hmm. So this is fun. It says uh, from IMDb trivia, originally Alan Young was not considered for Scrooge, despite having played it in the album recording there was an album oh, version uh-huh. of this that was like i think similar to the small one thing where it's like a mm-hmm. it was like or no way actually i think the album had more songs that didn't make it into this short i think it was kind of its own thing mm-hmm. but he played scrooge in that um however uh despite having played it in the album recording reportedly it was because walt disney pictures believed he would not agree to do a voice for an for animated film. However, when Young learned about the film and production from a friend preparing to audition for the lead, he contacted the film company to request an audition. The resulting audition was successful and Young learned about the studio's reasoning for not contacting him. Reason for not contacting him. In reaction, Young responded, Hey, I worked in television for five years with a talking horse. At this point in my career, nothing's beneath me. As it happened, Young was praised for the role and continued to voice Scrooge McDuck throughout his life. Aww. So that's a uh, a fun little <laughs> fun little vignette into Alan Young. And actually, I want to bring up just because... Uh, but yeah, like, and they mention it there. He was the voice of Wilbur Post in Mr. Ed. Mm. Um, he became Scrooge McDuck from here on out. And I think that's what's cool about this short. It is the last time that Donald was played by the original Donald. And mm. even though Alan Young wasn't the original Scrooge, to me, he's Scrooge. Like, yeah. he, he took that role and became that character more than anybody else. And mm-hmm. um, now we have a, a doctor a doctor who rather you've made that joke before i have <laughs> but now i can make it again played by david Tennant, yeah, the tenth doctor, on, tenth doctor. On, on the current version of ducktales yeah um so not a bad replacement but yeah. you need you need to have that like scottish scottish brogue yeah first he was saying because he's a, you really should watch this the behind the scenes thing but they um he was saying that he when he like he'd always been trying to hide his scottish accent to work in film and stuff uh-huh. and then he just kind of let it 
come out for this role because they wanted it. You yeah, know? they wanted him to be Scrooge McDuck, <laughs> uh-huh. and and oh, why wouldn't you want him to to, to, to do it? It's it's yeah. such a charming uh-huh. uh, voice for the character, and yeah. um, there's actually I'm trying to find which it is, but I think it's in. I want to say it's in Curse of Monkey Island. Mm. He plays a character. Oh, really? In that, like, I know this is random. Yeah, it's he's he's Haggis McMutton <laughs> in the Curse of Monkey Island, which was in 1997. Which that is a, seems problematic. <laughs> which is a great game, by the way. Haggis, that's an unusual name. I suppose it is, but Haggis is just a nickname. The given name is heart, liver, and kidneys boiled in the stomach of the animal McMutton. Oh, so your parents were expecting a girl. Yay. Like the Monkey Island games are great, but that that one's all hand drawn and animated and and really lovely. And he also, you know, he actually came back to do the voice of Scrooge for for Ducktales Remastered when they did that too. Mm. So, um, I believe he was active until like his death in 2016. Mm. So, uh, he's just my fave voice of Scrooge. I can't unhear it, and I think he's amazing in this. I yeah, think it, yeah. it shows why. He kept the role. Well, he has so many emotions after. throughout the whole thing. And what are you doing here, nephew? I've come to give you a race and invite you to Christmas dinner. Well, I suppose you're going to have plump goose with chestnut dressing? Yeah. And will you have plum pudding and lemon sauce? Yeah, boy, oh boy. And candied fruits with spiced sugar cakes? Yeah, you top. Are you daft, man? You know I can't eat that stuff. Here's your wreath back. Now out, out, out. Bah. Humbug. Oh, funny thing. A uh, uh, guy whose name I'm always forgetting, David Block, who animated Scrooge, was mm-hmm. saying that he would get so into the animation that in the beginning when Scrooge is like hunched over his desk, he noticed he would be hunched over when he was animating ah. and he'd come home and he'd just be all like his back would hurt and then he liked when scrooge became more you know he kind of learned his lesson and he was free again and (laughs) it's just funny how the animators are like taking on the characteristics of the characters they're animating oh that happens all the time (laughs) well when you're drawing yeah when you're drawing because i think the reason for that is in your mind's eye you have like I don't know what the terms for this are, but you can see your face kind of when you're talking. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like there's a vision of your own face that you have in your head. Oh, I don't get that. But uh, that's because I'm not actually, an artist and I can't draw. But you also have face blindness. Yeah. So maybe that's part of it. <laughs> oh my but, God. Yeah, it might be. But I can't I picture that, other people's faces either. If I'm trying to picture a person, like even you, like <laughs> anyone, if I'm like thinking about a I person, no I can't think of what their face. I'm like, where the eyes go? I don't know. Something wrong with me. But yes, continue. So I could be anyone. <laughs> um, but the, the the thing with that is that it, for me, I always see kind of a, a vision of my own face in my head when I'm talking. I know what expressions I'm kind of making. Oh, wow. And I think artists tap into that face that they have overlaps with what they're trying to draw so when you're trying to envision what an expression looks like (laughs) you're kind of just manipulating that face which you manipulate by manipulating your own face yeah you change your own expression because it helps you see it in your head better i don't know what that's called or you know how to prove that but that's just how it works so it's funny to me because it makes complete sense um also, I, I didn't want to skip over, but Clarence Nash, I found this funny story, who's the voice of Donald. Mm. Um, he began, this is on IMDb under his biography. It says he began imitating birds and various <laughs> barnyard animals as a child growing up in uh, 
Watonga, Oklahoma. In his teens, his family moved to Southern California, where he got a promotional job with a dairy company and in between jobs performed animal imitations at various Los Angeles schools. Wow. In 1934, hearing that Walt Disney was looking for a bird and animal rec- looking for bird and animal recordings for his cartoons, Clarence went to the studio. I didn't really pause there. <laughs> For his cartoons, Clarence went to the studios and went through his repertoire of voices, during which Walt walked in and said, that fellow sounds like a duck. Let's keep him in mind if we ever create a duck character. It wasn't long after that that Donald Duck made his debut in The Wise Little Hen with Clarence providing his voice. Wow. When the film was finished and shown, Donald stood out so prominently that he was put into the Mickey Mouse film Orphan's Benefit and soon after was getting star billing in his own films and has been in more than and has been in more than Mickey. Uh, with the help of language coaches, Clarence had quacked in Spanish, French, German, Swedish, wow. Dutch, Portuguese, and Japanese. And you can't understand him in any of those. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm trying to like say Konnichiwa in, in Donald's <laughs> voice. I can't do it. Uh, oh, do, did you know that Donald Duck was my favorite character, my favorite like Disney character as a kid? Oh, because he's angry. I don't know. Now I wonder why. He has I, anger I, just, issues. I just always liked <laughs> whenever we would get because we I, we didn't have Disney when I was growing up, like right. the Disney Channel. Yeah. Um, yeah, but okay. we would have like the free weekends, like your cable would give you like, oh, you can get Disney for a few days. I'm like, oh, my God. So I'd watch it. And I loved when like they would always show the face of the character who the short was going to be about. And so I always loved when like it would be Donald's face. Like, yeah, it's a Donald cartoon. It's a Donald I cartoon. This. I wonder, you just made me think of, because Disney Plus is now a thing. I wonder if mm. this is on Disney oh. Plus. I don't have it, so I can't check. But I mean, they did. Did you see they did that whole thing on Twitter where they made a post for every single film they were going to have on Disney Plus? And oh it was God. like 500 posts long or more than that. And among which were cropped episodes of the simpsons oh, oh my god um, speaking of disney screwing up aspect ratios i just want to say that whoever has to redo the subtitles for that that's gonna suck and i'm not gonna say anything more than that except i might know uh the company that did it oh anyway no. <laughs> yeah so no but it's not their fault it's like you know disney provided these cropped versions and yeah then... so the like all the early simpsons which were meant for four three and square and have a bunch of jokes that are you know, in the yeah. top and bottom. Important jokes. Important jokes that are there visually were like completely cropped off because they were trying to format like, the old episodes gu- for guys, widescreen. We we can fix this. I, the reason they do this is because there's still people out there who when they see a 4-3, you know, a 4-3 uh, picture Square-ish. on their widescreen TV, they think that the sides have been cut off because there's black on the left and right of the image. That's not true. Let's educate people that there's nothing. You want it that way. You don't want it to fill your screen because then you're getting image cut off on top and bottom it's just a thing like it's it's annoying it's so simple to understand i think it is but you know yeah so anyway anyway muppet christmas carol (laughs) (laughs) Um, when a cold wind blows it chills (laughs) chills you to the bone i know we're going a little out of order but i did want to mention that watching this film as an adult, I had such a different reaction to it. Cause as a kid, I'm like, I love this movie as an adult. 
I was just appalled by what Scrooge was doing. <laughs> Scrooge is awful in this. I wrote down... Um, and yet likable at the same time. It's weird. Ki- well, kind of. Uh, I, wrote, not, I don't know. He wasn't as likable as I remember. But I wrote down capitalism. And then I wrote down <laughs> Scrooge is Bezos. Jeff Bezos from Amazon. <laughs> the Amazon CEO. He reminds... Like, except that Scrooge really uh. seems to not get that he when he sees um when he sees Cratchit and with his like wife and three kids and they have this tiny little chicken and he's like what he seems like really confused that he hasn't been paying Cratchit enough yeah. like he genuinely did not know and I'm like how did you not know you pay him two shillings and a hay penny but I think that hay penny was from three years ago I think that's part <laughs> of what it's saying about uh billionaires, billionaires is that they're just so out of touch but I think they know though I, mm, what's the Jethro Tull? Your wise men don't know how it feels to be thick as a brick. I have no idea, but yeah, but like yeah, that, yeah. just that whole idea of yeah, at a certain point you are so out of touch. And do you really think that like some CEOs these days are like yeah, fifteen dollars an hour is I enough think, to support a family of three? I think that this short really well illustrates yeah. even more so than Ducktales or like the other things do for the idea of Scrooge, but just this like his his pursuit of wealth is so toxic to his being and all-encompassing that it it like it does blind him to even thinking about that and it may seem unrealistic but i think there are people who get to that point where they're so obsessed with needing money that that is all they can think about well it makes me a little bit hopeful that you know is that scrooge could change you just need all these ceos need to be visited by By three three ghosts ghosts. It, would, it wouldn't be a bad idea, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> they just need to stop thinking about money for a second and look at... Who, I, I don't know. I, well, I feel like a lot of them of, just don't care. Isn't but. that the plot of the, the Bill Murray version of this? What's it called? The Christmas oh, Carol. Where Groundhog he's, Day? <laughs> no, where he's a CEO. <laughs> he's like a... I'm not crazy. <laughs> is there a movie where... Yes. There's a... What is it called? <laughs> isn't it... It's Scrooged. I think oh. is what it's called. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I I think I've seen that, but I don't remember it. Yeah, I mean he's basically like a, yeah. a, a Trump-ish character, mm-hmm. like in that in that movie, who is visited by the ghosts, mm-hmm. and it's same concept. Like, like okay, look, we're going to talk about one percent here. <laughs> Scrooge McDuck, the character Scrooge McDuck, is like my favorite billionaire. That's my one go-to yeah, well, billionaire. In, like, in DuckTales, he's a lot more fun. Yeah, in the context of the Carl yeah. Barks, which I guess we should also mention, who created Scrooge McDuck in the first place, which was yeah. Carl Barks. Mm-hmm. And do you Not know to be confused with Carl Marx, since we're talking about um, <laughs> socialism and things. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't even have like remotely thought of that hey what do you call a dog who likes socialism carl barks am i getting carl Mar- whatever i don't know my <laughs> history okay never mind continue uh, you no. cut all that out it was terrible oh, it's staying in um no i wanted to bring up scrooge mcduck who according to wiki created in 1947 by carl barks as a work for hire for the walt disney company and if you've never read any of the scrooge mcduck comics they are some of the best comics ever made Mm. um carl barks is one of the greatest comic artists who's ever lived they're wonderful like everything about the old the duck universe comics that he did because he did he did scrooge mcduck he did donald duck stories he did he even did like a run for gyro gear loose and like for Mm. side characters and things like that um 
is just absolutely wonderful. Um, and seeing him actually well realized in this is just so satisfying. And I think mm-hmm. it even says on the um, it was on the IMDb trivia page. Do 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 do. Yeah, the opening scene is apparently modeled on a Karl Barks painting called The Season to be Jolly, which features Uncle Scrooge walking down the street with a bag of money on his back. Hmm. So Karl Barks would do different paintings of the characters as well. And and yeah, usually they'll reference those images, I think, in the new DuckTales cartoon, too, if you look at the opening. Um, there's a lot of references to paintings that Karl Barks did and just visually a lot of things that they looked at from the comics. So, um, e- respect, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's funny cause I think for the, we, we toyed with the idea of talking about the movie, the DuckTales oh, movie, yeah, Legend yeah. of the Lost Lamp, uh-huh. um, decided that would have been a bit too much to cram into here, but, um, it's funny because people say that that movie feels inspired by Indiana Jones hmm. but I think I think um, Indiana Jones was inspired Lucas, by Lucas and Spielberg cited the old Scrooge McDuck comics as wow. an inspiration for some of Indiana Jones like so as far as like entrepreneurial exploration goes like Scrooge McDuck really was one of the four running characters of that you mm-hmm. know just this wealthy uh, self-made millionaire billionaire duck um that w- hiked through the klondike and did all these crazy things you know to oh, earn a fortune uh maybe this is a question for charles dickens but what <laughs> is scrooge's actual company what is he's he money it's lender. a counting house he's a money lender okay so he's like a bank i think well that's he's I'm a loan think, company he I'm, loans people money and- i'm tapping into i actually can't remember if i've ever read christmas carol like the original text but um the I know in Muppet Christmas Carol, they, he says, he mentions being a moneylender at one point. And I believe that's what it is. Oh, so. he does mention something about interest. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's his, that's his company. Um, mm. Also, I believe Scrooge, the last thing I want to say is that I'm pretty sure Scrooge McDuck was namesaked after the original yeah. Charles Dickens character. Right. So it is so apropos that... In when you're making Mickey's Christmas Carol, there's no other character yeah. you would have do it other than uh-huh. Scrooge McDuck. So, um, yeah, because they do talk about in the in the behind the scenes thing, they talk about you know, you know trying to decide which characters should go with which characters. You know, like who do you get for? I mean, obviously Mickey's going to be Cratchit, but like picking Goofy as Jacob Marley was an interesting one because they had to, you know, they had to make him like this guy who's kind of scary to Scrooge, but also still a klutz. And I think they did that so well. Scrooge, don't you recognize me? I was your partner, Jacob Marley. Marley, it is you. Ebenezer? Remember when I was alive, I robbed the widows and swindled the poor? Yes, and all in the same day. Oh, you had class, Jacob. <laughs> yep. No, no. I was wrong. And so as punishment, I'm forced to carry these heavy chains through eternity. Maybe even longer. Like, I, I love... Uh... Uh, there's a moment, too, when Goofy is on the... You know, he's telling him what's going to happen and 
And I think like he he has like a piggy bank in his chains oh, yeah. along with the banks. And I think there's a moment where Scrooge grabs the piggy bank and shakes it, listening for yeah. if there's money in it. <laughs> it's such a wonderful little character detail. Like he's he's still just thinking of money. Or um when well you mentioned like Scrooge is such a stingy man. Uh-huh. Uh he hasn't even changed the sign that yeah. says Marley <laughs> on it still. Marley, yeah. Jacob Marley. And him, where he just crossed it out and his name is above the cross out. Yeah. So he always has to like <laughs> knock the snow off of it to, to make his name show up again. By the way, that's such a, it's just a little thing, but the animation on that is so good. You can really feel the snow, the weight of the snow on that every time he knocks it off. Good effects. Good animation. job, Jeff. That mm-hmm. was you. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know who did the snow, but yeah, it, I see the animation in this is all pretty solid feeling. Yeah. Like I, I know they do kind of a Cliff Notes version of the story. It, it does rush through it pretty brisk, like at a very brisk pace. You know, it's it it doesn't spend too long on any beat. Yeah, I think that if they had had maybe more time, maybe like forty minutes, this could have been a more fleshed out version. But I don't ever feel like they're cutting out too much. You know, no, yeah, it all makes sense and it all still fits to the original. You know. We're not explaining the story of, of Christmas Carol, by no, the way. You no. know what it is. Yeah. <laughs> Scrooge, visited by three ghosts, changes ways. Got yeah, it. you've seen one of these versions somewhere. <laughs> but um, but yeah. Oh, but it is. Okay, I'm, I'm, in, I'm jumping around because yeah, I'm ahead. just remembering stuff. But yeah, so Donald Duck is Fred, Scrooge's nephew, who comes by and he's like, come join us for Christmas dinner. Uh, and you had mentioned, because there's a part at the end where uh scrooge there's like a little bird on his window and he hugs it it's like a dove or something and you were like but he's a bird you <laughs> um and i noticed too that yeah when fred comes <laughs> by he's like we'll have cooked goose at our dinner and it's like so there are birds that you eat <laughs> but you're a bird it, it, it gave me there pause are birds, a bit. there are birds in well because I believe as Carl Barks always said that they're, they're, they're just people that look like ducks. Like that was kind of how he thought of them. No, seriously. That's, <laughs> that's how he so treated it. That's how he treated it where they so are have like birds you, that are birds and that's what they yeah. eat. Cause they're eating birds throughout the whole, he talks about eating goose. Mickey yeah. has, or Cratchit has the little he talks about chicken. eating suckling pig. And I'm pretty sure there are pigs <laughs> yeah. in this universe. They're all stand-ins. They're all, yeah meant to be people that just look like animals and uh there's a moment in i always thought it was really funny in fantasia 2000 where donald is noah in that Mm -hmm. you know speaking of christmas and religion eh, 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 Eh. um (laughs) but where donald duck plays or no he's not noah i'm sorry he's like an assistant to noah he's like (laughs) noah's pa um but he's helping Noah with everything. And like he has a story going on in parallel to the flood and what's happening. But while he's helping animals on the ark, there's a moment where two real ducks walk by. <laughs> oh my God. And he just kind of looks at them and he double takes to the camera. Like, what? <laughs> uh, it's the funniest expression on his face, but it, it makes me laugh every time. That raises so many questions. It just raises questions. further <laughs> questions. So. I, I've always wondered about it too, because like, yeah, and people pointed out Goofy and Pluto. Yeah. Like Pluto is a dog in world. He's an in-world dog. But yeah. But Goofy Goofy's a dog. They're dogs. Yeah. P- Pete's a cat. Yeah, which that's is the so weird one. Well, he Pete, does not look like a cat. Because Pete is that's why because Mickey Mouse, his enemy is Pete. Right. So 
that was but uh-huh. he doesn't really feel like a cat. No. Um so why are we <laughs> where I don't know. Are we, are we I don't know. Birds. You're talking um, about how the birds eat birds. <laughs> it's a birdie bird world out there. It is. And um, well that's a thing though. Birds do eat other birds. That that happens. Yeah, it's true. I saw a video once. I can't remember if it was on Life or one of those where like there was footage of pelicans just going up and like eating smaller birds, <gasps> just swallowing them. Oh my god! How digesting terrifying. digesting them live. Nature is hilariously cruel. <laughs> how many Futurama references <laughs> are we gonna throw in here? Oh, and then there's uh, something of note: the party at Fezziwigs. There's a lot of characters in that one. Spirit, I believe I know this place. Yes. <laughs> It's old Fezziwigs. I couldn't have worked for a kinder man. Did that one make you think... It made me think of... Watching it now, it made me think of... uh maybe they were inspired by this the potatoes and molasses scene from uh from over the garden wall just because you have all those like cutely drawn animals in clothes like dancing it just made me think of that now did not make that connect but (laughs) that's fine you can connect that if you want but i love animals in clothes and like old-timey clothes it's really i I like that scene a lot especially that's where you get a lot of the cameos of characters in this that are you know, you see Huey, Dewey, and Louie. You see mm-hmm. um, Chip and Dale, Mr. Toad, Angus McBadger, Gus Goose, Horace Horsecollar, Horsecollar, Grandma Duck, Uncle Waldo, Rabbit Children, Lady Cluck. I don't know who a lot of these are. I mean, yeah, I even, like recognize some of them. But. Even if they don't have voices, they still like make their cameos yeah. at this point. And, mm-hmm. uh, and also, it's a little, to me, it's like, I know it makes sense, but it's a little weird and lore-breaking to have um, Daisy playing Isabel. Yeah, because she's Donald's wife. Because she's Donald's. Or girlfriend She's or meant whatever. to be Donald's girlfriend. But, in the, like, but I get it because it's a younger... Yeah. And she's not in the present. She's in the past. Yeah. I get it, but it is kind of like... It's eh, a little weird. It feels odd. Uh-huh. But... That's his nephew's girlfriend. But in the past. So it, uh-huh. it's... Anyway. But yeah. it makes sense. But I, I, I always thought that it was kind of... Um, maybe this is one of the things that doesn't quite get right, but it... Because it's it's so ridiculous and it's so extreme. Whereas I think like Muppet Christmas Carol handles the relationship a bit better the mm-hmm. way that it does it. But in this, it's like, yeah, he falls in love with her. And then, you know, Jimmy says, in time, you learn to love something else. Uh. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, he becomes so in love with money. And then yeah. she's like asking about the cottage and then marrying <laughs> yeah. her. And he's like, she's like, have you made your decision? And it's like, I have. Your last payment oh, was like an yeah. hour late. Or that's some- why he mentions interest. I remember that's the scene where he says that. So I'm foreclosing the mortgage. It's like, would he really be that big of a dick? Mm. I mean, like, I know it's ex- yeah. it's exaggerating kind of for a bit of a joke, but it makes it a bit unbelievable, this world of talking know. ducks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, ghosts. I think eventually, yeah, he might have just become that, you know. I don't know. Um, but, but it is kind of heartbreaking because... Uh, the the line that always got to me was Jiminy saying, "You love your gold more than that precious creature, and you lost her forever." Nine thousand nine hundred and seventy three. And yeah. just that moment where she slams the door, and all yeah. his stacks of coins just <laughs> scatter because he's just been counting it, and just that like six million nine hundred and seventy. 
three. Yeah. And he just <laughs> casually tosses the last coin like, oh, mm. well. Um, and it, it gives you a bit of pathos. There's a line in it towards the beginning that I think always I always kind of liked because it's wrong, but you understand what his thought process is. And it's when after the two characters come asking for money, which is a funny scene unto yeah. itself where he, he mind games them into the, him being it's so messed up. It is just like, Oh, I see. Like, but if I gave you money, you know, there wouldn't be poor anymore and you wouldn't have a job. <laughs> oh, don't make me put you out of a job on Christmas day. Well, I, uh, <laughs> so he just slams oh. the door on them. But the, uh, I think that he says after that, he says, you work all your life to get money. Then people want you to give it away. And <laughs> it's like there's such a fallacy in how he's thinking about yeah. it. But at the same time, that clearly lays out his thought process. And it make it gives an internal logic to his character that he feels like he has worked really hard for what he has. And like, but but in such a way that it just blinds him to seeing a purpose to being kind. See, and that's why instead of having, uh, you know, having to have people go door to door to ask for money for the poor, we just need more social programs that are tax that come from taxes and that people who are billionaires actually pay their fair share taxes. <laughs> Let me talk to you about Bernie Sanders. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel, I feel like this is such a relevant tale. <laughs> There's a reason Christmas Carol has been told over and over and over and over again. Even the Flintstones, which always bugged me that there's ever Christmas specials in the Flintstones because right. they're what? before Christ. They're before Christ. <laughs> <laughs> they are B C E. Uh, so that's always been funny to me. But but anyway, Christmas Carol. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't think, I mean, like, look, we could talk about this forever. Um, this but. was one of the last Disney films. I'm looking at other stuff on yeah. here. This is one of the last Disney films until Aladdin to say the end at the end. Oh, the theatrical release of this film was as part of the 1983 reissue of the rescuers. Hmm. Which is hmm. a film Don Bluth worked on. Oh, always making those connections. See what I'm doing. Oh, did you see? Uh, oh, where was it? It's super funny. So we've brought up. Um, oh, <laughs> Siskel and Eber gave it two thumbs down. <laughs> They've given two thumbs down. I to saw a lot that of review. Do you want to read it? Yeah. Siskel, Siskel felt. Well, first of all, well, Len read the good one yeah, first. Yeah. Leonard Malton said that rather than being a pale attempt to imitate the past, the film was cleverly written, well staged, and animated with real spirit and a sense of fun. Robin Allen stated that the film calls to mind the similarities between Walt Disney and Charles Dickens in terms of both the work they produce and their work ethic. However, Gene Siskel and Roger Ebert of At The Movies gave it two thumbs down as they were both disappointed. Siskel felt there was not enough emphasis on Mickey's character in spite of the title and that it did not rank with most of Disney's full-length animated features. Ebert stated that it lacked the magic of visual animation that the Disney people are famous for and that it was a forced march through the Charles Dickens story without any ironic spin. Man, just you guys wait <sighs> for Flash. <laughs> <laughs> Wait for that to happen to animation and then then complain. But it was nominated uh, for both gone, so. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Rest uh, in peace. But it was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Animated Short Subject of 1983. So I disagree with well, I, I like 
Yeah, I well, I don't right. think it feels hollow at all. I no, think... I mean the title maybe shouldn't be called Mickey's Christmas Carol, but but it's like that's a stupid reason to not like it. They called it that because Mickey is the main Disney character, and yeah. he is in it, and like yeah, it's not his story, but just you know mickey verse yeah it shouldn't be his story i mean he's in it and he's great but donald's um, christmas carol yeah <laughs> i've uh, but the one say, voice i can't do to say it's lacking the magic of visual animation <laughs> i mean like one. it's one of many it's it's not like the thing is yeah it doesn't look like they're feature films but it still looks beautiful i'd say it survives on the performances of both the voice actors and the animators i, I mean, think they put a lot of of care into it so that they all feel very alive and yeah they, well like, especially and the, scrooge yeah and the part where where jiminy cricket they're like flying through the air and so i still i think that looks great i mean yeah maybe it's not like what's their the feature matter, scrooge? film quality but it's like that's such a cool scene i love that line what's the matter scrooge yeah. i thought you enjoyed looking down on the <laughs> jiminy cricket's such a he's got so many zingers who was the the third oh. um the jiminy in this was the third voice of jiminy cricket do you have it in oh, front it? of you? Um, I don't know how many Jiminy Crickets there were, but this one was Eddie Carroll. Yeah, he was, I think, oh, oh I yeah, think he, Nash, he, actually, the voice of Donald had done Jiminy briefly oh, okay. for a time after the original Jiminy Cricket passed away. Oh, yeah. But you bring up, I'm forgetting uh, his name. I don't, Eddie Carroll was the third performer to provide the voice for Jiminy Cricket. Um, and then... Uh, let's see. If you click on it on Jiminy. Yeah, I'm looking. Uh, portrait voice by Cliff Edwards, 1940 to 1971. Clarence Nash, briefly, it says. Yeah. Eddie Carroll, 1973 to 2010. So he was, he was the latter, like he essentially was the second one because Clarence barely did it. But like, I I always kind of thought of his voice for Jiminy. I think it's a good, it's a good imitation Mm -hmm. of Jiminy, uh, from Pinocchio. Uh, yeah, which, where was I going to go with all that? <laughs> um, but, but I, I, I think he works really well as the ghost of, of Christmas past. And it's just that funny line where like, you know, he shows up and Scrooge is like, ah, oh, I thought you'd be taller. <laughs> <laughs> and then what, what is it? It's, um, he says like, uh, uh yeah, Scrooge, if, if men were measured by, by kindness and you'd be no bigger than a speck of dust (laughs) oh well nobody's perfect Uh, like it's it's such a great (laughs) like i don't know there's just such a wit and humor about it that Mm -hmm. for me it feels very genuine i don't think it feels like a cash grab and this does feel like kind of the last of the old disney shorts um wait did we both say the wait you've never read a christmas carol I, I can't remember if I have. I can't remember not. if I have either. I've I'm seen, just... I've seen like the old black and white, uh-huh. scary like a, a film version of it. Um, what other version? I'm sure I've seen a bunch of yeah. different Christmas Carol interpretations over the years. But I feel like I've seen it on the stage, but I don't know if that's true. Or I've seen just... it on the stage. Yeah, I can't. I couldn't tell you what production it was. Yeah, but, but I wonder um, if the ending is kind of the same, or not the ending ending, but the part where the Ghost of Christmas feature. If you like, see, I'm I'm sure it is because it's so dark for you know an animated film that is you know probably aimed at kids, but it's like he sees his own grave well i know? love that interpretation oh, yeah. too mm-hmm. um where well so since we're almost to the end of it like one other thing i wanted to mention before we get to that like the giant when it's ghost of christmas present um 
one of the, there's a few things that I, I really enjoy about how all the ghosts are handled and how I like how they're all represented by characters from the series from the from the Disney Mickey verse mm-hmm. in a way or the Jiminy's not but <laughs> <laughs> but but I like how they all like are really well cast to those characters and um, you have Jiminy who's very optimistic come on Scrooge it's time to go then go is a young sort of come on let's go like he has yeah. that that peppiness to him mm-hmm. the giant who is the jubilant you know, taking joy and everything <laughs> yeah. like the now is great and trying to show Scrooge the, the fruit of generosity, which you have long denied your fellow man. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a moment where he picks up a street lamp and uses yeah. it like a flashlight. <laughs> and every time I see it, it's like, that doesn't make any sense. That's not how electric any, whatever. I love that though. It's so, uh, especially at the time they they have, like, yeah, it was probably a gas lamp. It was probably a gas lamp. So, like, I don't think... <laughs> it makes even less sense. It just raises, it just raises further, further questions. questions. <laughs> so, that part always makes me laugh, though. And um, where he, like, opens up one of the roofs by accident. And yeah. you hear a woman scream. <laughs> and, and, uh, and then shows in Bob Cratchit's place. But then, yeah, the point where it disappears. And then the ghost of Christmas Future, who is Pete, the cat. Um, mm-hmm. who and you don't see that it's Pete right away. You just see him like a hooded yeah. figure, and and then what I love is just you know the depiction. It's like this very villainous, ominous character that that when Scrooge asks whose grave this is after they hear the two guys joking around and then walk away, I ain't going now, Waz, and and he asks whose grave this is, and then you just Pete lights the match yeah. on the gravestone. There's just wonderful uh, lighting on mm-hmm. the lettering, so good of the gravestone, which you can you can kind of read it before, yeah. but but yeah. just the highlighting of it, and then using that same match to light his cigar, and just yeah. like why yours, Ebenezer? <laughs> why yours, Ebenezer? The richest man in the cemetery. Richest man in the cemetery, and so good. That's a great, like, that's the only thing he really says, mm-hmm. and it's a great reveal that it's Pete, and just like that—that that scene of the grave opening and like yeah. the embers of hell coming up to to Scrooge, <gasps> always was really striking. It, yeah, it, it, it's so well done. Yeah, it's scary. Um, yeah, Will Ryan, who voiced Willie the Giant, also voiced Pete. I know. I think I mentioned that earlier, and I just forgot. I was like, who voiced <laughs> Pete? It's a really good voice. It's hard to remember <laughs> what's in your notes and what you've said. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, and that gives him the 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 heel to face turn of uh, <laughs> if we ever use that. What, that what? Do you know what that is? It's no. like it's wrestling terminology where like heels are the are the the bads oh faces uh-huh. are the goods oh yeah okay so it's I, like i get it now i'm a heel to, to speed a face to heel turn or uh-huh. a heel to face turn is like someone going from good to bad character so. oh wow anyway. i learned something new today <laughs> so so yeah he, he he becomes this better man after the experience like i'll change i'll change and then he you know goes through the the whole like I love the scene where he he is thrown out. He he runs into the two yeah. who were asking him uh-huh. for money before, and, <laughs> and he uh, just keeps giving him money. It's still not enough. Here you go. <laughs> um, 
I and need the one the one guy's pants come down because the, the weight of the so coins. <laughs> oh, and I forgot too when he, he's getting ready to leave. It's like, oh, the spirits gave me another chance, and he picks up a dove, which again just just like yeah. <laughs> again brings up the issue of birds in this world next to them. Um, and then he he walks out like I can't go out like this. And he just what grabs his cane? There, that's better. And like a ja- I think he puts a jacket on over his like nightgown or something or something like that. But yeah, he's got like yeah. a popped. He's got like a a pop in his his hat and everything. He just looks like an absolute madman. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's kind of a sweet denouement where he he goes to to he sees Donald again, his nephew Fred. I'm looking forward to that wonderful meal of yours. Of course I am. You know how much I like candied fruits with spiced sugar cakes. I'll be over promptly to keep it piping hot. A meal of a Christmas You know, it's like I'll I'll be there later for dinner and. And then, and the, what's the horse from? Is the horse from? It looks super familiar. Sleepy Hollow. I don't know. I'm trying it's to remember. a very, very like striking looking horse. <laughs> a very derpy looking horse. I think it's from like the Ichabod Crane Sleepy oh. Hollow short, if I'm not mistaken, or it's just some standard model from other Disney Mickey cartoons. But then, yeah, he gets to Bob Cratchit, and and there's the the lovely reveal. And I always felt oh, like yeah. that part is so heartwarming, where it, mm-hmm. it, it's like. You know, he's laughing while trying to to keep from telling him. It's like, yeah, he's trying to pretend that he's mad. And I've know. had it with this half day off stuff. <laughs> you leave me no alternative but to give you toys. Yes, toys. No, 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 no. And then uh, Tim or one of the kids opens up and it's like toys. Yeah. It's like yes, toys. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I'm giving you a raise. Making you my partner. See, this is where the pessimist in me is like, is Mickey going to go down the same path as Jacob Marley? Are they going <laughs> to fall into their old ways where it's like Mickey's going to turn into this guy? He's like always at work, always counting his money. He never sees <laughs> Tiny Tim grows up, goes to college and he's like cat's cradle starts playing. And, <laughs> you know, I don't know. I hope that, you know, Mouse but what are they going to do if they're, I mean, predatory lending is how he made his his living so it's like how and is they he gonna live be? happily ever after <laughs> god bless us everyone this is why i'm, I'm old and bitter <laughs> i know because these are the things i thought about watching it now and i'm like why am i so bitter and why do i hate capitalism so much because it's, it's ruined people's lives and, the, <laughs> and they say tiny tim i'm moving so on tiny tim yes, says do <laughs> Tiny Tim says God bless us, right? Oh, I think he does, yeah. So this is one two of two oh, shorts where yeah. where they say God in uh-huh. a Disney cartoon, mm. which is interesting. So connecting. I hope Tiny Tim makes it. I hope everyone's, you know I don't know what he you know Is he just I mean, I've always wondered what it is that Tiny Tim dies of because he kinda in Ooh, in the unaltered yeah. future. Like is it just mystery illness? Well, maybe is it he malnutrition? Has, maybe he has polio or oh, something because that was a thing that probably in the 1800s was very common. Um, but I think malnutrition is easily yeah. something that oh, yeah. someone can also die of. So, uh-huh. uh, you know, uh, it's still a message. You mm-hmm. know, you share share the wealth. There's people who are always yeah. uh, doing or who are worse off than you. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
That's a good moral. And go vote. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't care who, as long as you like are informed and vote for somebody who's gonna really like, who who has the best interest of everyone in their platform. That's all I'm saying. This was the first animated short with Mickey Mouse since <laughs> The Simple Things in 1953. I didn't know that. Did you know that? Like, I'm not getting political. I'm not telling you who to vote for. Um, no, I did not know that. Of all the songs on the original album, only <laughs> Oh, What a Merry Christmas Day made it to the animated cartoon. The rest of oh. them, including one sung by Ebenezer Scrooge that was called what? How Christmas Ought to Be, were dropped. Oh, weird. I'd be interested to hear that song. Everybody ought to get up early. But not to see the presents neath the tree. If Christmas cheer they're looking for, a cup of tea's enough to pour. That's the way Christmas ought to be. How about a Christmas stroll this morning? A walk to work is healthy, all agree. Let's cut out this good neighbor day and add another labor day. That's the way Christmas ought to be. What does it say? Like the U.S. release, this is all IMDb trivia, which <laughs> like paired it. this short with the reissue of The Rescuers uh, in 1977. All releases of this short or from 77, not. It wasn't re-released. I don't know. Mm-hmm. This, this was made in 83. So <laughs> the dates get confusing. Um but which was paired like like the US release, which paired this short with the reissue of the rescuers. All releases of this short were paired up with reissues of various Disney anime features over the years. In France and West Germany, for example, it was paired with reissues of Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. While in UK hmm. and Italy it was paired with the reissue of the Jungle Book. Oh, interesting. Um based on a Disney record which was co written by Alan Young, Scrooge McDuck. Did Alan Young have a young have a did Alan Young help write the Disney record? I don't know. That's what it says here. Huh. Oh, and the goofy holler when Jacob Marley falls down. Oh, this was released on Laserdisc. We should try and get it. <laughs> and uh, Will Ryan. Uh-huh. Was, did, who was, wait. We talked about him. He was Petrie in Lamb for Time, and he was the voice of the giant and Pete. Who am I thinking of here? There Wasn't there somebody who was in the small one no i think there was really that's a you question i think that somebody who was in the small one was in the i'm really? i'm actually certain of it that someone who was in the small one was in this wait let me find it i'm gonna just look it up really quick oh no i found it so hal smith played the auctioneer in mm-hmm. the small one and he was the voice of goofy in oh those. what yeah i don't know if we like brought him up but he was um on on the small one i can't remember well, if we talked maybe about we him did <laughs> i can't, I remember. can't remember it's not like we recorded it the same <laughs> fucking day that we're recording this episode uh was an american how, how harold john smith was an american actor and voice actor who was best known for his role as Otis Campbell, the town drunk on CBS's The Andy Griffith Show. Oh, we did talk about him, but I don't remember why. <laughs> because he was the auctioneer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't know. Oh, we, right, right. But I don't remember why we didn't see that he was goofy. Well, I did. That's well, why I brought did. it up. That's why I brought it up just now. He was a bartender and son of Flubber. <laughs> he was Calver Weems in The Ghost and Mr. Chicken. Oh. 
he was you're making these slob up. elephant in the jungle book <laughs> okay that one's real ish he was courtyard he was courthouse guard in the million dollar duck <laughs> these are not real these are not real he was master sin and the old ohm and the sorcerer in fantastic planet I mean, what? we should have a game, a trivia game that's uh Hal Smith movie or made up phrase. That's a weird one that he was in the dub for Fantastic Planet. That's a obscure. Uh, that is. It's Well, you've not seen it. No, I haven't. But, but, it's but a, I've heard of it. One of the most important animated films ever made. Isn't it French? Yes. Yeah. Um, it is. It's about aliens. It's a sci-fi film. It's. I mean, we'll probably never talk about it. We never will. Yeah. Um, he was C.R. Miller in Oklahoma Crude. He was Mother Goose in Once Upon a Girl. He's got a lot of... He was Owl in The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. Well, I think that we mentioned right. that. So, and he was... I guess he was Winnie the Pooh and Owl in Winnie the Pooh and A Day for Eeyore. I don't know. But anyway... <laughs> It says he was also ratty in Mickey <laughs> Christmas Carol as well as Goofy. Oh. And he was the narrator. I can't believe I can make this connection. He was the narrator and Mito slash Alex in the horrible English dub um, butchering of Nausicaa. Oh, when it first okay. was brought here, Nausicaa uh, of the Valley of the Wind was originally called Warriors of the Wind when they tried to localize it the first <laughs> time. And it's a notoriously bad dub. It's hmm. it's it's really bad. So apparently he was the narrator. In that <laughs> um, I I actually I I joked about this with Stephen a few times that one day we'll do a drinking game where we just sit down and we finally watch the Warriors of the Wind dub because <laughs> we know everything about all the other Ghibli movies. So we just but we still haven't watched that one because mm. it's so hard to watch. It's it's really bad. That's a shame. And it's. And it, it, it's like even the cover of it, they like made up three other characters and put them in the middle. And then they put like Nausicaa way in the background when she's like the main character of that movie. It's really wow. upsetting. <laughs> or like they completely change one of the characters to look different. It's stupid. I'll show you huh. later. Um, so that was important that we go yeah. on that entire um, that entire oh he was in quick drama McGraw as the narrator in that one so no it's just you funny that, saying about tangents it's just funny that he's like it says he's known as otis campbell in the andy griffith show the drunk but he has like countless voice credits in all of the like his wikipedia is massive he played santa claus in casper's first christmas that seems like a good <laughs> a good point to step away well no. yeah casper ghosts celebrate christmas ghosts <laughs> Ghosts are in heaven, but they come back for Christmas. It's all related to Christianity. There's a lot of Hanna-Barbera voice talent that seemed to be involved in these couple productions. Mm -hmm. I think it was like, I don't know, Hanna-Barbera went downhill eventually, but like, and made such classics as Once Upon a Forest. Oh, um, oh yeah, I forgot. Oh my God. And also made Charlotte's Web. Did I ever figure out if Charlotte's Web... Uh, Chuck, Chuck, I'm doing it now. Yeah, do it now. Um, also, this is a good time to mention that if you have not listened to our episode on Once Upon a Forest and Watership Down, uh, it's interesting. It's very long and I recommend it because, man, what, what an interesting couple movies to pair together. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, so Charlotte's Web. <laughs> I'm looking. I'm looking. <laughs> hey, Future Dax here again. Um, so I forgot that there was the second part, and I already threw in the correction earlier. Uh, and basically, I just sort of stumble around trying to figure out <laughs> whether or not I was correct, uh, but to not much avail. But I'm going to leave it in because it amuses me. How do you look and see if somebody was involved? Like, how do you how do you search up? Well, can't you just Google search Charlotte's Web movie? Production. Oh, wow. There's a live action one. Well, live action, whatever that means. Oh, 1973 film. I mean, did you think he was the director of it? It just looks like his style. Maybe I'm just insane. Directors. No, he, he wasn't he a director. Wa yeah. he, he The only movie that, that Chuck Jones ever directed was The Phantom Tollbooth, I think. Mm. I Google searched Chuck Jones' Charlotte's Web, and the first result that comes up is Charlotte's Web, high-quality hemp oil. <laughs> <laughs> Since it was directed by Charles A. Nichols and Iwao Takamoto, I don't know. I it, if I ever find out, I'll let you know. Yeah. But 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 that's been the whole yeah Bluth. <laughs> no, it's no. the wrong show. It's been the whole non-Bluth. Yeah. Um, and I think we've we've talked a plenty. Yeah, and we've talked for longer than the film is. Oh, quite a longer than the film yeah. is. But um, I would say if people, again, like if people haven't seen this, oh, definitely watch it for your Christmas. There totally is a pig. Oh, is it in the Fezziwig scene? No, or it's no? later on when he's walking around town. There's like when he's getting toys, there's a little pig chasing um, a couple wolves because it's a oh, reference to three little uh -huh, pigs. Uh -huh. Yeah, I remember. So there is a pig <laughs> in this short a live one running around despite the fact that there is a suckling cooked pig in the it's Christmas present Very disturbing. Scene. Very disturbing. So anyway. Yeah. We hope that you've enjoyed our <laughs> bizarre uh, holiday Christmas episodes. Yay. There will never be another episode like it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> this is our only this. <laughs> this is our only Christmas episode. If people don't know, we are a limited run series, you know, we're going through all the Bluth films and some non-Bluths and uh, you know, eventually we, they they he runs out of stuff to talk about. <laughs> yeah, we'll run out of we'll run out of things in mm -hmm. the coming year, but uh Unless Don Bluth surprises us all by doing something in the next few months uh it could happen yeah <laughs> it could happen well, but that would only get us like what a couple more <laughs> like, <laughs> well if he does a whole case, series best case scenario you're talking about like a few more episodes yeah. not not like another season <laughs> we can't stretch this out like no. jurassic park Ima <laughs> imagine if he does a whole <laughs> series though like a tv show or something and it's like we could do every episode as like a recap and like talking about you know, we could go anyway. I don't. I don't know. I don't think that's going to happen because you know. What's the future of their format? Will they be able to maintain a podcast talking about movies by one director? Why are we having this conversation on a non-Bluth episode? That's where a we're good not, point. We're not talking about non-Bluth. I guess we could keep doing non-Bluths, but like at a certain point. If it's not being balanced by regular episodes. Yeah, then they wouldn't be non-blues. They'd just be movies. <laughs> they just, we were just talking about movies. 
But this is probably the only time we'll talk about Disney movies. Yeah, we're not. Yeah, we're not going to do that again. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, we'll have no reason. Yeah, to look back and talk about other Disney films. None whatsoever. Why would we? Why would we? Don Booth didn't look back. (laughs) That's true. He didn't. Although he kind of did. Did he? Well, I mean, (laughs) inspirationally. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) See ya. (laughs) Then he lit a match. Burn the studio down. Mm, that was, I remember that day. <laughs> that was, there are probably some people who would like metaphorically agree with that. You yeah. Know, like, some degree, but it is interesting. You look back at like this time of Disney and it was sort of a, a volatile era compared mm-hmm. to, I mean, they kind of know what they're doing now. <laughs> it feels like Frozen 2 is great, by the way. I don't know it's whatever you know. everyone's told me. By everyone, I mean you and Steven. Yeah. Steven and I will keep telling you. Frozen <laughs> 2 is a really solid sequel. I Go. still haven't seen Frozen 1. So, and if I had Disney Plus, I could watch it. But I was like, I'm not getting Disney Plus. And everyone's, now everyone's like, oh my God, I just watch all this cool stuff on Disney Plus. And I'm like, oh, Frozen 2 addressed a number of the things that, in retrospect, kind of bugged me about the first movie. So... I don't know. I, I just enjoyed it. it you do kind of need to watch the first one yeah, if you want to just to know understand. who the characters are. And I don't know. One of them controls snow or something. <laughs> I don't know. I want to. I would need to watch oh, it. That's a good thing. I should bring up like I, I made a joke on the Thumbelina episode how like all the Hans Christian Andersen stories are just never adapted like cur- accurately to what they're supposed to be by Disney. And I forgot to bring up like Snow Queen. Oh, you know, because like... Is that a Hans Christian Andersen? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I mean, uh, I would hope that this episode has shown that I am not uh, book smart. <laughs> and that's being smart about books, not smart from books. But that's why one of the characters in Frozen is named Hans. Oh, okay. Um, I didn't know there was a character. Oh, oh, Hans. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm pretty sure... He's it's- not the snowman. That's Olaf. That's all I know about Frozen is Olaf is the snowman. Yeah. The Snow Queen is an original fairy tale written by Danish author Hans Christian Andersen. But the point being that like, obviously they just couldn't keep it the same. They had to like change a bunch of crap about it into Frozen. But Mm -hmm. Frozen 2 is like a nice organic evolution Mm. of the story into questions that you might have had at the end of the first one. Yeah. Like how is the snowman alive? Do they answer? Oh, they probably answer it in Frozen. They answer that in Frozen 1. Does he have a magic hat like in Frosty the Snowman? No. Anyway. um... (laughs) Oh, we need to do our plugs, which we didn't do on the last episode. Oh, I guess we did it. (laughs) Or we could just leave it off. Who cares? Seat of our pants. Um, I want to find the one person who just randomly stumbled onto like our small one episode. And they're like, well, where do I find? you on social media <laughs> it's like who are you all my life i've been waiting for someone to talk about the small one for an hour <laughs> and we didn't have our plugs wow um where can people find you i'm at dax schaefer yeah on all the things mm-hmm. yeah that matter <laughs> and you are i am at sarah Iyer on instagram at sarah and julie Iyer on twitter that was my full name so don't steal my identity. Um, and then I have a couple other podcasts. The Purrcast is about cats. Check it out. Uh, I do a Weezer podcast. Weezer had a song that was in Frozen 2. Uh, or they, yeah, they covered a Frozen 2 song for the end credits. So that's all related to this. Weezer has turned and left us here. That's the name of that one. Uh, we are 
uh, normally the Bluth, the whole Bluth and nothing but the Bluth is the name of our pod- in case you are like, Oh, I just wanted a podcast about Mickey's Christmas Carol. Um, we talk about Don Bluth films and you can find us, uh, you know, which this was not. Yeah. You can find us <laughs> which on I- made clear <clears throat> iTunes. Uh, thank you everyone who left us a review. We read reviews, uh, last time. And you can find us on social media, just Instagram at nothing but the Bluth, um, Facebook, we're just the whole name, you know it. And uh, you can email us the whole Bluth at gmail.com if you it's just want to so like long. send us an email. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. That's why we don't do the plugs on the, on the last one because it just takes yeah. too long. So I forgot to mention um, uh, Sin Appraisal is the podcast yeah. I'm doing with Adam. Hopefully this will be resolved. We haven't been on iTunes for like a really stupid reason. What is it? It was because I had put under name, I had put our podcast title Uh when I filled out the profile on Anchor. And so that was like against the rules for iTunes. So I've I've been trying to resolve it. Haven't quite resolved it yet. Wow, that's that's a weird reason for, but so so hopefully it'll be fixed by the time this episode's up. You know what? Nobody listens to podcasts on iTunes. Just use Spotify. It's better. But thanks for listening, and we hope you all have a merry, merry Christmas. Merry, 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 Bluthmas. Merry, merry, (laughs) that's not a Bluth. (laughs) (laughs) I want a merry Christmas. (laughs) Oh, thank you, Mr. Scrooge. Merry Christmas, Bob. And God blesses everyone. Joy to the children, far and dear. What a wondrous time of year. Isn't it just grand to say, Merry, Merry Christmas. Merry, Merry Christmas. Merry, Merry Christmas. Oh, what a Merry Who's the voice of Tiny Tim? Oh, um, Tiny Tim was the voice, was <laughs> the voice, was voiced by Dick Billingsley. Oh, you know what's funny is that the Wikipedia has the names of the characters like um, Clarence Nash, Donald Duck, Fred. Um, this one's Dick Billingsley, Morty and Ferdy Fieldmouse as Peter Cratchit and Tiny Tim. So these are actual, these are characters. They're not just Morty and Ferdy Fieldmouse are Mickey Mouse's twin nephews in actuality. And they're his kids in, oh, that's so weird. They look just like him. Look, look at them. They're all like tiny Mickeys. They do do look like him. Yeah. I think there was a fun, a a a fun thing here regarding Minnie Mouse is Mrs. Cratchit. <laughs> this is funny. Minnie Mouse played Mrs. Cratchit, though she doesn't have a single line. Russie Taylor did record dialogue. Uh, Russie Taylor did record dialogue, though, which never ended up in the finished film. Aw. Sorry, Minnie. Sorry.